It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. It's fun being back in the chapel. So it's just good having an excuse to be back in the chapel. We've been in the studio this entire season since January. And uh, when our students come back in June, we're planning on moving back in here for our daily. Uh, and it's exciting to us. We just, first of all, we love having students here, which is going to be really fun. But in this off season that we've had, we've been overhauling our campus. So uh, for those of you that have gone through Ellerslie in the past, uh, it's probably somewhat depressing to think that the dorms are now going to be remodeled, at least two of them, uh, the 100 wing and the 200 wing. And uh, it's looking really good. Uh, I'm excited uh, to have you guys, uh, those of you that are going to be showing up this summer, uh, enjoy it and see it and be a part of it. Uh, but so the reason I'm in the chapel is because I'm going to be traveling uh, for the next two Sundays, and we're building our daily thunders around our Sunday sermons, which makes it sort of interesting, doesn't it? And so what we're going to be doing over the next two Sundays in my sermon podcast is we're going to be releasing two older, like classic Ellerslie sermons. Both of them are from nine years ago. I think they're adjacent to each other in the flow, in the calendar flow. And there was a significant strain on the church of Jesus Christ nine years ago. It's not altogether different than the strain we have today and what we are facing today. It just was different and maybe a little more minor than some of the things we're facing today. We're seeing a growing. Nine years uh, has definitely not helped America (laughs) move in the right direction. I'm sad to say that because, I mean, for nine years I've been praying for revival and it seems like we've gone downhill but that doesn't mean we stop praying. We're going to see God move in a mighty way, and sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better. But this particular message that was released yesterday in my sermon podcast was called When a Pastor Lives a Double Life. What a title. And yes, it's a potent message. Uh, Eric of nine years ago was definitely feisty and a little loud, uh, too. And as I was listening to it afresh, boy, was I stirred. Uh, I was like, amen, I like this guy. And so... Uh, we're going to build off of that this week. And so I'm taking the Monday edition, and then we're going to uh, have some of our other staff members that are going to take some of the uh, other spots during the week. We're going to do this again next week, and I hope it's effective, and I have every expectation that it will be. Uh, But we were dealing yesterday in that sermon with the idea of hypocrisy, very simply put. And it's the falseness of the life, the duplicity. There's all sorts of different words for it. But uh, it's like a mimeograph where you, you take something, you have two versions of someone. And you have the version that fits this crowd over here and you have the vis- version that fits this crowd over here. And many of us uh, have found that we can very easily fall into this. And so in church, we can be so spiritual and so sharp and so strong and so bold. But then we walk out into a world that frowns upon some of the things that we stand for, is concerned about uh, our Uh, mental health if we were to actually believe certain things. And so we have a tendency to cower and to diminish and to even avoid speaking things that we just boldly spoke in church. What happens in that transition? And that's very, very critical because 
what has happened oftentimes in the church throughout the ages is when the church adapts its message and adapts its fronts and adapts its face and its countenance to the world to not receive persecution, to try and avoid the difficulties, it ends up creating a duplicity. It ends up creating a doubleness of life. It's called in scripture hypocrisy. And as a result, sometimes it can happen so slowly you don't see it, but it begins to be fake and you begin to live a false version of this thing called living for Christ. And that's what I want to put my finger on today and just say, Lord, rescue us from this as the church. Oh Lord, we want to live for you boldly. We want to be unashamed of your gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. There is a susceptibility today. Uh, What is it? I just saw a statistic yesterday. 77% of conservatives are afraid to speak right now. That's just talking about politics. But when you talk about politics is, I mean, hard enough, but Jesus has always been the hardest thing to talk about. So when we see what is taking place in our culture, I don't know what percentage it would be, uh, how many Christians are afraid to speak right now. I would say it's a higher percentage than most of us would ever want to acknowledge. And oftentimes, even in our own lives, what percentage of our life is desirous to speak and what percentage is voting against it? It might be a pretty high percentage of our own life that is saying, oh God, give me an out. Can't I just excuse myself from this discussion? Do I really need to speak for you? I mean, it's really only going to create contention. I don't need to speak, do I? The subtleties of hypocrisy are grave, and a double life is one of the most dangerous things that we can ever step into, and if you've ever seen a leader that has lived a double life, and uh, maybe after their parting or after their exit, after their death, you discover things about them, it is amazingly troubling to the church of Jesus Christ, and it can lead to a falling away. It is important that we as leaders live with integrity. We all love the word integrity, but that means oneness, where, you know, if my body has integrity, that means my hand is not in disagreement with my torso. (laughs) They move together, they work together, my eyes are in agreement with my feet, and otherwise I'm going to be uh, very uh, uh, discombobulated in my movements. In other words, I'm supposed to be marked by integrity, which means oneness of movement. My soul, if it truly believes in Jesus Christ, and I believe that he is the king of kings and he's deserving of all glory, honor, and praise, well, then my body needs to come into alignment with that. My mouth needs to agree. My eyes need to agree. My posture needs to agree. And as a result, the life of trueness of faithfulness, of integrity is one that must speak in certain situations because I must remain one person. I must remain consistent in my views. I must remain consistent in my beliefs. The man who sneaks away and lives according to the flesh when he is off stage is a man who is destroying the very truth that he supports, supposedly supports. In other words, we must be consistent in all dimensions of our life. Let me just go through a a couple scriptures, one being uh, in Matthew, Matthew 7, 15, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. It is very, very easy for us to masquerade as a sheep, but be covering up wolfish behavior, which another way of saying that is flesh. 
And so as a result, it is imperative that we don't create what I'm going to call a deep fake. So in, in my notes on the screen, you can see I have a, uh, a description from CNBC. I don't really like quoting CNBC. I think this is the first time I've ever quoted CNBC. But, you know, hey, they're going to tell us what a deep fake is because that's what this, this message is named. The spiritual deep fake. Now, since I gave that message uh, nine years ago, we've had some uh, new technology come along. And deep fake technology, I have to admit, is very intriguing. It's very fun. There are certain things that are coming out with deep fake technology which are super intriguing and are enabling us to do things and to replicate things that never could have been uh, otherwise. However, there is a dark side to this. So deep fakes refer to manipulated videos or other digital representations produced by sophisticated artificial intelligence that yield fabricated images and sounds that appear to be real. So as fun as it is to think that someone could create a video of Eric Ludi and it could look like me and it could sound like me and you could believe that it is me, but it isn't me. Now, as fun as that is, because you could have Eric Ludi saying some really hilarious things and we could all laugh at it and I could find a great chuckle from it too, but you could also have me saying things that aren't true and that actually incriminate me, and, but I didn't do that. That was a deep fake. You see, it's a doubling of a life. And this is, the reason I'm calling this a spiritual deep fake isn't because I want to teach on deep fake technology because I don't know that much about it. It's just that we are doing this exact thing where we're creating a deep fake version of ourselves that doesn't actually match with the real version. That's why it's called hypocrisy. And it is very subtle in our souls. It is very easy to have this happen in our soul without us even recognizing it. James 5.12, but above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. Listen. But let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. Now, if you're seeing the video version of this, I put another word on there, which is the Greek word hypocrisies. That word for judgment is hypocrisy. So let your yes be yes and your no, no. Ananias and Sapphira lived a double life. What was real was not what they presented. So their yes was not their yes. Judas was a hypocrite. He comes to Jesus in the garden feigning or giving off the appearance of affection. He, he greets him with a kiss. But what he's actually doing is betraying the Son of Man into the hands of sinners. You see, we cannot have two motives where, oh, I want to look spiritual here even though I'm not acting spiritual here. What we need is a oneness of our life, an agreement with the depths of our being, with our outward behavior. I need my tongue to match up with my heart. I need my actions all day long, every day, to match up with the integrity of my faith in Jesus Christ. And so this is critical for us. The Pharisees did not fall on Jesus' good side. He called them hypocrites. They were whitewashed tombs. He says, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean also. You see, it's very easy for all of us to fall into the subtleties of a doubleness of life. You see, the ultimate outcomes of that can destroy your life and can destroy the church around you. Who we are on the inside, even if it's not pretty at times, we need to be okay with saying, but this is where I'm at. This is who I am. This is what I believe. I understand why we as Christians will cover up things. Like, what good is that going to do if I tell them everything I'm thinking, everything I, you know, I, I, I feel? 
you know, that's not the request. The request isn't that you are an open book and every single thought that goes through, you, you need to speak out loud. It's that you are honest with who you are. And so there's not a double person being created. There's the you that is the wolf inside, and then there's the angel on the outside, the sheep. Do not be a false prophet. Do not be a wolf in sheep's clothing. But instead, allow that wolf inside of you to be dealt with by the shed blood of Jesus. If you have any wolf inside of you, come to the throne room of grace afresh via the shed blood of Jesus and say, Lord, cleanse me, wash me. Holy Spirit, move inside of me. I do not want to be operated by my flesh. I want to be operated by your Holy Spirit so that there would be a oneness in our movements, an integrity of being. Integrity is a very real thing to go after in the Christian life. It is a very available thing to us. The Holy Spirit aims to bring about the life of Christ in us. He doesn't play games. He hates hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is not the result of the Holy Spirit. It is the result of ignoring the Holy Spirit. Guys, I'm going to pray as we close, and I'm just going to ask that God would just freshly touch each of us because, you know, it says when Ananias and Sapphira were struck down dead, which is a pretty extreme story in the book of Acts, it says the fear of God came upon the church. Oh, we need that. We need the fear of God to come upon the church today. We need all of that deep fake in us to be uprooted, to be exposed so that we could walk in truth, deep truth technology. That's what the Holy Spirit brings about, and that is what we all need right now. Father, search us and try us. Lord, may we not hide anything from you, but may we allow you to come into our lives afresh and uproot anything that is not of you, any wolfish behavior, anything that is of darkness, anything that is not in agreement with your word. Oh, Lord Jesus, for your glory, for your sake, we desire to be close with you. We desire to truly resemble you in our behavior, in our actions, in our speech. So, Lord, please do it in us. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellersley.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellersley campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening. <laughs>